0: As the ADP turns and a new draft season is right on the horizon, new draft strategies are coming to light. But what does that mean for us and the way we draft? That's what we talk about today here in the Sharing Circle. A Welcome to the meeting. This is Fantasy Addicts Anonymous, the only AA that's not for quitters. I'm your fantasy football mentor, Antoine Slicker. Join us. On Patreon, patreon.com forward slash AA. Choose your addiction level, check out the bonus content, earn some perks, be true to thine embrace your addiction, and as always, champ, earn your chip. Welcome to the Sharing Circle. Of course, this is where we take a topic and I just talk about it free form. No real prep, but this was a question that was asked of me by my own boy Jason, man. Shout out to Jason. Um, He asked me this a couple weeks ago, and I told him that I was going to put together an episode about it. But then uh, as I was actually, so I'm cheating a little bit, but as I was actually thinking about this, I was like, man, I could just talk about this. There's not really much. To go on as far as I mean I could have found a lot of statistics But it was going to take a lot of time I could have found a lot of research But it was going to take a lot of time And I felt like I could still get my point across Without actually having to to do all of that And you could kind of say I was being lazy (laughs) No, no, no But the thing that he was asking here Was he's seeing a lot of wide receivers Go the first round nowadays A lot of wide receivers are going early, and the running backs are being pushed down in certain platforms that people are drafting on. And this I understand. Um, It's a pendulum swing. It's things that happen. You know, running backs are being devalued in the league. A lot of teams are going to the two running back systems. Uh, Running backs aren't getting paid. So people are adapting to that. And then, you know, they're talking about the injuries, even though running backs do not get injured at a higher clip than wide receivers. It's just there's less running backs that are prevalent in the league than there are wide receivers, especially for fantasy purposes. You know, the third wide receiver on a team can give you 13 points a game, you know, and you'll be okay with that. And that's that's honestly what people are doing here. They're going after the big-name wide receivers uh, because these guys are, you know, scoring fantasy points. But when we look at this, um, 15 fantasy points per game last season in full-point PPR. 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 14 15 and we'll give them we'll give them these to 16 17 we'll give them the 4.9s so 17 wide receivers last year scored 15 or more fantasy points per week only 10 running backs did so Then when you're looking at our threshold, because we want guys to score, you know, ten or more fantasy points. Ten or more fantasy points. That's what we're looking at out of your out of your guys. You want them to score ten or more fantasy points um, as a bit of a because it keeps you in the loop here. It keeps you. Competitive. That's what you want out of that. And as far as wide receivers are concerned, 46 wide receivers gave you 10 or more fantasy points per game last season. Again, that's what I say when I say you can go with a wide receiver 3 or wide receiver 4 and you'll be happy with the production there. This is why I'm telling people that you should not be devaluing the running back position so much that you're full-on neglecting them in the first four rounds. If you're doing that, then you are giving your opponents the opportunity to draft two guys because, again... Only 30, what is 32? Only 32 guys scored in double digits as far as running backs are concerned last season. So that's just the starters, basically. If you're in a 12 man league, you are giving your guys, if you're neglecting running backs in the first four rounds, you're giving each one of your opponents time to take two of them, possibly three. So you're giving up the opportunity of not, you're giving up the opportunity of drafting maximum 33 guys. But that's if everybody takes, which that's not going to happen. But I would say in the first three rounds, you're looking at, you know, anywhere between 16 to 20 running backs picked in those rounds. You know, yes. And that's, again, in those leagues where people still value the running back. Now, yes, you could potentially get guys like Miles Sanders, Cam Akers, all of those guys in the fifth, maybe the sixth round. But again, you're counting on the fact that all of your opponents are going to be looking to pick wide receivers. I'm telling you guys now, if you are going to do this and you're going to say, all right, I'm going to just at least get your one workhorse guy, man. You you wanna get your one guy who's gonna be scoring fifteen or more fantasy points. Because you want one guy that's gonna be in the top ten. You want that. You want a guy that's gonna be in the top ten week in and week out. You don't wanna sit up here and keep playing Russian roulette with these guys who aren't scoring fantasy points. I get it. People fell in love. Yo, Jarek McKinnon won won championships for guys last year. He did. That is not the norm. That is an anomaly. That is not the norm. You did not make it to your championship week because you had Jerick McKinnon. You didn't make it to your playoffs because you had Jerick McKinnon on your team. You made it to the playoffs because you had other guys. Jarek McKinnon may have won you the championship, but he did not get you to the playoffs. And you know this. But every year, people try to act as if, oh, I picked Jarek McKinnon. He was a league winner for me. He did absolutely nothing for you on your way to the playoffs. On your way to the playoffs, Jarek McKinnon was a non-factor for you. And if you say he was, you're lying because he only scored double-digit points twice outside of the playoffs. The fantasy football playoffs we're talking about. So please, don't give me that shit. You want the guys who are going to be in the top 15 week in and week out. You really want them to be in the top 10 because you're going to be in 12-man leagues. And if you're in 12-man leagues and everybody has to start two running backs, you want two guys that are going to be in the top 15 because it gives you the positional advantage. You can still get you wide receivers – that can score a double digits. You can, you can have, if you have the positional advantage at the running back position, you can have two wide receiver twos. It's okay. It's okay for you to settle for some guys that are gonna score, you know, 16, 15 to 16 fantasy points. It's it's okay because that's what we're getting on average but then those guys have those spike weeks it's okay if you if you have a Terry McLaurin he's going to give you a consistent 14 fantasy points per game but then he's going to have some spike weeks where's where's 24 20 you can go with DK Metcalf It's okay for you to just, in your first four or five rounds, grab you two solid running backs. Do not completely fade the position this year because if you completely fade the position, you're going to be stuck with backups. And yes, I understand that a lot of teams are running dual backs. I understand that they're going to be running dual backs. But that's why now is the most important time for you to draft the running backs that you know are going to be the focal point of the – not – I'm sorry. I'm not going to say the focal point of the offense because running backs aren't really the focal point of the offense anymore. But you want the guys who are going to give you the 200 carries with the 50 receptions. Those are the guys that you want to go after even though Saquon Barkley doesn't have a long-term deal. You already know that he's locked in this year. You already know he's locked in this year. And he's got incentives where he's trying to hit. So you're going after him. You're looking at this contracts. You're looking at the contract situation for these running backs as opposed to just looking at the fact that that they've been on the field this long time, because dudes aren't getting aren't getting paid. So you're looking at people who have investments, who the team is investing in. I hate to say it, I'm not drafting him where he's going. But when we're talking about Alexander Madison, the team has invested two years in him. They've invested. They got him under contract for this year or next year. You know, Joe Mixon took a pay cut so he could be invested this year or next year. Saquon Barkley signed a, a one-year deal so they could be invested in him this year. Christian McCaffrey still got years left on his deal. Derrick Henry still got years left on his deal. Miles Sanders just signed a three-year deal. We're looking at these guys and we're saying, yo, the team is looking, they're, they're investing in you. It's not a lot because teams aren't looking to invest in that position anymore, but they're not looking to invest a ton in that position anymore, but they're investing in them. So you have to look at that and you have to say, all right, cool. Then you also have to look at what's being brought in behind these guys. Who's the backup? For these guys. Is it somebody that they already had? Is it, you know, did they bring in a veteran? Did they bring in a a rookie draft pick? What type of player did they bring in? Was it a complimentary piece? Was it somebody that does something that this particular back doesn't do? You have to look at those things. But at the end of the day, we are still, we don't want to get caught with our pants down by fading out the position in the first five rounds, like not picking a, a, a running back at all in the first five rounds is a mistake that you should not be making. You should not be making that mistake because you're going to get stuck with somebody that doesn't score double-digit fantasy points per every week. And their and one week, their one spike week is going to come every once in a blue moon. You're never going to know when to start these guys. You don't want that. And then... You also don't want to get stuck with a guy who's only going to give you seven or eight points a week. I think people believe that they could just get by with that because they believe wide receivers are scoring so much more fantasy points than these guys. And that is not the case. They're not scoring so much more, it's just more of them are scoring the same amount. It's the positional scarcity. More wide receivers are scoring this. But the fact is that you can get those receivers later on in the draft that's still going to score that same amount of points. You're going to get guys later on in the draft that are still going to give you 14 fantasy points at the wide receiver position because it's so many of those guys. You know, you... It's just you want to, that's still going to give you t- 10 to 14 is what I meant to say. 10 to 14 fantasy points. It's so many of those guys, and you can get them later on. You know, for instance, last season, Sutton, he scored Sutton, he scored 11 fantasy points per game last year. You're getting him really, really late. He's going to consistently give you that. And then his spike week will be a 17 or 18 or 19 fantasy points, But he's constantly giving you that. And you're getting him late. So you can count on running, excuse me, wide receiver production being there late. You cannot count on running back production being there late. Because while you can get Corlin Sutton... Later on in the draft, that's going to give you 11 fantasy points per week. In the same token, where you're getting Corlin Sutton, you're then having to settle at the running back position. You're having to settle for, you know, uh, Tyler Algier or somebody like that. Like That's how far down the list these running backs are when we talk about still being able to get quarterback excuse me not quarterbacks wide receivers and and still have them be productive so i understand where people are coming from the wide receiver position they're looking at it as more productive but that positional scarcity is what you need to be valuing you need to be valuing that positional scarcity, you need to get these running backs off the board when you can get them. Because, again, like I said, Corlin Sutton, this guy's being picked, what, 103, you know? When you're talking about running backs at that particular range, you're talking about Khalil Herbert, Samaj P. Ryan. Like I said, you're not even getting the Tyler Algiers at that particular point. Like, you know, I talked about Corliss Sutton, but he, I'm looking at the average draft position, and we're talking about Elijah Moore, who we still think could give us massive points, and he's going around Kendra Miller, uh, Jeff Wilson, Tyler Algier. Those are the running backs that you're getting there, guys who are – Clear-cut number twos. You don't want to be rolling out a number two every week. You don't want to be rolling out number twos every week. You want to be rolling out number ones. I'm a huge wrestler fan, so eh, you know the Usos are having a little bit of a uh, a problem here. But they used to say, "You the twos and we the ones." We want the ones. We don't want the twos. We want the ones. We want the starters, the people who are going to be the the workhorse guys, the guys that are going to get the 200 carries, the 50 receptions. And if they're not going to get 200 carries and 50 receptions, they're getting 255 carries, 30 receptions, maybe 25 to 30 receptions. And if they're not getting the 250 carries, then they're getting 150 carries, but they're getting upwards to 70 to 80 targets where they can pull down 60 to 70, you know, uh, passes. That's what we're looking for in our backs. Those are the three archetypes that we are looking for. Which we're looking for every goddamn back, basically. We're looking for a back that we can fucking get. But we want him to be the guy on the team. Clear-cut role. Not, oh, we think he's going to get that. No. We want it clear-cut. This is what's going to happen within this system. These are the guys that we want. This is not the time. While everybody else is sitting up there, drafting those wide receivers, you draft your elite running backs, and then you go and draft your wide receivers because – Your wide receivers, again, there's so many of those guys that are still scoring in the same range. So you're going to have a receiver that's going to be scoring in the same range as their receivers, but your running backs are going to clearly outdo them. You're going to have that positional advantage at the running back position, and that's what you want. So go out there, draft your running backs as per usual, so in the first 5 rounds, try to get you two top 15ers. If you can get two guys in the top 15, you're going to be golden. And you can sit there and you can go and get you some guys because there are a lot of guys that are scoring within those 15, within those 13 to 15 point ranges. Because that's what you want out of your receiver. You want your receiver to score anywhere between that fit that 13 to 15 range. Because if they're constantly scoring on that, then you're keeping pace with your competition. And people are they're, they're gonna say, but what about the Justin Jefferson, the Tyree Hills, the, the Devontae Adams and all those? Those guys score 18 to 21 fantasy points. That's where they were, 18 to 20. It wasn't like they were clearly running away from the competition here. That was the top five. You know what I'm saying? The top five are scoring 18 to 20 fantasy points. Yes, you want one of those guys on your team as well. Just so you can have that positional advantage. But you can survive with the 17, the 15, the 17. You are more than happy. With that, if you're getting, you know, 15 to 17 fantasy points out of your wide receiver and you can get that with a Keenan Allen, you can get that with a Mike Evans, you can get that with a Tyler Lockett and these guys are not going that high. You can get that with the, you know, you can get that with guys who aren't going that high. You can get that 15 fantasy points with those guys, and you can live with that. So while I understand, again, people are afraid that running backs are expendable, I get it, but when you have those clear-cut guys who's starting and who's going to make plays on their team and be utilized to the fullest – you want to go with those guys, no question. So hopefully that answers the question for you, Jason. I understand that these people are picking all these wide receivers, but make sure in the first uh, five to six rounds you guys pull down two legitimate workhorse backs. I don't know why I keep calling them workhorse, but you know what I mean. Like 200 carries, 50 receptions. That's what we're looking for. Those are our, our ideal running backs. And you want to make sure you're getting two of them early so that you're not stuck with uh, Khalil Herbert or anything late. You definitely do not want a, in your second wide receiver spot, because you want two starters. You definitely do not want a backup in your second wide receiver spot. You've, at that particular point, you've lost your positional advantage. You want a positional advantage. You want number ones. You want ones at the spot, man. You want ones. So I appreciate you guys listening to me as always, man. Patreon.com forward slash fantasy AA. Choose your addiction level. Earn those perks. Check out those bonus episodes. Be true to thine Embrace your addiction. And as always, champ, earn your chip. I'll see you guys on the next one. I'm out.